This is the Cash Value Solutions Podcast, where your hosts, Jason Polmeyer and Kyle Mann, shed light on little-known money truths to help you take control of your financial future and become your own banker. Subscribe, rate, and review the show, and check us out at CashValueSolutions.com. Hey Welcome back to the Cash Value Solutions Podcast. Uh, back from our two-week t- hiatus, I guess. So Yeah, our first break and over 100 episodes of doing this. So. <laughs> yeah, um, it wasn't intentional. We just uh, didn't get around to podcasting. So Lots of stuff going on in the month of July with uh, client applications, farming, and just life, I yeah. guess. So. Yeah, I just got married, so so yeah, lots lots going on. We're back to be in the saddle, though, podcasting, and think we have an interesting topic for you guys today. Yeah, you want to lead off with the topic, Kyle? Yeah, so we're going to talk about absolutes and how we think it's extremely dangerous to, you know, preach absolutes and all sorts of things, but especially IBC. Um, as IBC gets more popular... IBC is the end-all, be-all, Kyle. Yes, I mean, that's... That is an absolute. <laughs> and, you know, as it gets more popular or there's more awareness about about it, um, people seem like, and there's more agents too. Everybody wants to like differentiate themselves to clients and stuff like that. And, you know, a way to do that is become more polarizing. And so it seems like people dig themselves in these trenches of, you know, saying things like the only way to do a policy is 1090 or, you know, it's you're an idiot if you do 1090 or you know, universal life insurance is terrible. It's always going to blow up on you. This company or, is the only company that yep. you want to do this with. Yeah. Rate of return has zero, you know, doesn't matter at all. Um, things like that. We think it's a pretty dangerous route to go down. Um, and I don't think that, like, you are on solid um, footing either by, you know, digging into these absolutes. Yeah. I mean, it. so, you know, it all has to do with where we're at, you know, and how we think about these things. And Kyle and I aren't very old, but, you know, the more and more we study IBC, you know, the banking system and things like that, we just don't see how you can just be, this is the only way to do this and you can't do it any other way. Uh, for instance, with a blended policy, uh, many people in the IBC community preach about not using one-year term riders. Mm-hmm. For me, it's just, it's a tool. Everybody needs to know how it's used, especially the practitioner, but it's just a tool. Does it work for some? Yes. Does it maybe, is is it maybe not in somebody's best interest sometimes? Yes. Depends how the policy is designed. Depends on the person, their preference, how they want to do it. Yeah. And just for instance, you know, when it maybe not, would it maybe wouldn't be in their best interest you know if you aren't going to max fund a policy and pay down that one year in term term insurance rider because when you max fund it it helps to bring down the term insurance and if you don't plan on doing that but you want a large death benefit so somebody attaches this initially it'll provide you that extra death benefit that you wanted but it will be a cost drag in the future Mm -hmm. um so just one instance of how that would be good for one person, and maybe it fits somebody's need in the beginning, but it isn't such a good thing in the future. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we we've hear this from potential clients that come to us, and you know they they hear things from other practitioners saying, you know, 
don't listen to this guy. We can't do it like this. It has to be done like that. And I guess IBC started as, you know, an outside thinking idea. And IBC was the, literally the concept that you can be the one to finance everything in your life. It doesn't have to be an outside party like a bank. Mm -hmm. And if, if Nelson was using that same type of thinking that we're seeing a lot now on IBC, IBC would have never started. You know, just in a trench, you know, this is the only way that can be done. Yeah. That things can be done. Life insurance can't be used like this, you know, just, yeah. So he had an imagination of how to use it. Mm -hmm. And sure the product has changed and whatnot now, but that's fine. We can still adapt and use what is available now to perform infinite banking. Sure. You know, another thing that it seems like a lot of people want to die on this hill is universal life. Now, Jason and I currently don't write universal life insurance policies, but like we're, we've been told, you know, from our inception of getting into this world that it's, it's always bad. It's always going to implode. You know, it's guaranteed to on the guaranteed side, you know, it's going to implode and it just stay away from it. But, you know, once again, speaking in absolutes, you know, it doesn't seem like that's totally correct. I think there's, you know, a place for it and it can probably work if it's, you know, it comes down to design and implementation and who's doing it for you. You know, it's, I don't think it does us good in the community to just be like, this is completely bad. Maybe it's not for infinite banking, you know, that's fine. But maybe it's a tool for somebody else, you know, to use differently. Absolutely. Um, when I just think about it, <clears throat> sure, policies, um, and I, and what I'm talking about here is products. Um, so policies that are issued with certain products, some can be uh, cash value focused uh, products, some can be death benefit focused products. But at the end of the day, um a million dollars of life insurance is going to cost the life insurance company the same amount, whether it's whole life or whether it's universal life. Mm -hmm. It isn't cheaper because we have a million dollars of whole life versus universal life. Now, maybe something's been done to manipulate the premium, for instance, uh, with universal life. um, And that could affect the premium amount that is paid over somebody's lifetime um, and how much life insurance is actually in force at mortality. But at the end of the day, whether it's a whole life, a whole life product or a universal life product, a million dollars of life insurance is going to cost the life insurance company the same amount. Yeah. And it's just, it's just not great. You know how we get into these situations of just speaking you know, totally negative on it. Like it's always bad. Like that's this is that's what this podcast is about. How many times or how often can you say that something is always bad or always good? I mean, very little. So it, you know, it kind of makes us look like, as you know, people in the industry that maybe we don't know what we're talking about because you know we're just saying it's way only bad and moving on. Yeah, is and here's another thought. You know, behind that. Or people just saying that because the rest of the people in the practitioner group or whatever group they're a part of say it, but they don't actually know. Mm-hmm. So they just join along. Yeah, just parroting. I mean, it's easy to get in that. <laughs> yeah. So 
without actually doing any critical thinking on your own and thinking about the whole process and what goes on. Well, yeah. And, you know, universal life has not been around nearly as long as whole life. So it definitely, to understand it more, which you have a better understanding of it than I do, um, but you definitely have, there's a lot to learn, you know, when... There's a lot of moving pieces. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, that's, um, you know, I think it's, it's just, if you want to talk about something, um, you need to have some form of understanding of it. And, you know, if you're just being a parrot, as you said earlier, that's, you know, you're not really doing anybody any service by doing that. No, no. It's just noise at that point in time. Absolutely not. And that's what we try to, how I guess we try to differentiate ourselves from other people is like just kind of a no BS approach where we're not going to dig ourselves in these trenches of the universal life is bad or it's good, whole life is bad or good. We think You know why that is? That we don't do that? Explain. Absolutes. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Simple enough. I mean, just, you just can't come up with these things that are always right. I mean... As soon as you do, I mean, somebody's able to point out something that's wrong with that. And I mean, the whole base basis of, you know, this business and everything, infinite banking, like, can everybody do infinite banking? Yes. Should everybody do infinite banking? No. I mean, there's no way. I mean, I don't care how much money you have. Like, if they don't have the mindset, like, you can't force that mindset upon anybody. And it's not the end all be all, which we've had a podcast about as well. Like, if you have whole life insurance, I mean... You can live a amazing life still by not practicing IBC. You Absolutely. Know, maybe you're using it for protection. Maybe you're just using it as a savings asset. I mean, um, IBC is not necessary to have a successful life. No. It, it definitely adds some tailwind to it, though. Yep. Um, totally agree with that. And another thing I believe that you know we should mention, because we've said this in the past, and maybe we can add some more clarity behind this is the fact that, you know, the Nelson Nash Institute um, and Nelson Nash, you know, said never do business with banks. And um, we don't follow that advice in our own personal lives. No, we can't. I mean, we could, but we wouldn't be where we are today. Right. Um, We've just, it's another tool. And I, I realized that how the banking system works is uh, not really fair. Um, and maybe we can go into that, you know, on our next podcast or something, Kyle. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it's a tool and it allows us to use other people's money that we, you know, because we just don't have the money. But we're able to generate income or positive cash flow by using that money. Mm-hmm. So it's allowing us to jump further ahead than we would be able to by just using our own money or just using our own IBC policies. And there are definitely some negatives to that, which, yeah, in that podcast we can get in. But, I mean, it's just not worth it to me to, like, live a lesser lifestyle. Because of that absolute? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, like like we said in the past, I mean, especially in, in an industry like farming, it is just so capital-intensive. It it would just take someone so long if you can even get started because you almost need a little bit of scale to get started, which requires capital. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, yeah, it's very, very difficult to do without using, you know, bank financing. 
Yeah. Yep. No, I agree with that. And I guess, you know, another thing that's pretty hot topic is rate of return and does it matter? And I mean, most people say, no, rate of return does not matter at all. And it's all about liquidity, guarantees, and control of your money. Which those are absolutely huge. And I mean, they are definitely up there. And I would say, you know, they are more important probably than rate of return in a whole life insurance policy. Well, let's not discount and say there's zero importance to rate of return because it's not what infinite banking's about. It's not the most important thing about whole life insurance, but it definitely matters, I believe. And you can listen, listen to different people who work right with different companies and different companies work differently. And some people will say, you know, like, more to the base will give you more cash value and a higher overall rate of return, you know, way into the future. And if you have less to the base premium, more to paid up additions, you're going to have early cash value. And then um, as t- as the policy ages, that base policy will outperform with cash value and the higher PUA policy. Now, for some companies, that is completely true. Some companies, though, it's not. So it is completely company dependent, design dependent, and um, we have to be aware of that. And the amount of time you can fund a policy changes with companies? Yes. Yes. So, and I think, you know, rate of return is one way to, um, I guess, kind of check your work and see if it's, you know, the best, poli- one of the, you know, a better policy design, I guess, than something else. Mm-hmm. If that if that's, a you know, if cash accumulation is the focus. Um we talk about death benefit not being the focus. It's, you know, it usually comes out that it's extremely important, but, and rate of return won't always, I guess, determine, you know, death benefit. If that, if, if death benefits the main focus rate of return, you know, is going to be put on the back burner, I guess I should say. Sure. But, that makes sense. But yeah. And I agree at, at the end of the day, rate of return does matter with the life insurance policy. Does it need to be the focus? Initially, no, but it is important. No, I mean, we can't control the rate of return either, and I, I think that's kind of the argument too. But I guess time and time again, when we've seen um, you know, older illustrations, it seems that those companies who have better illustrations seem to perform better when compared to another company with not as great illustrations over that time period. Yep. So even though the numbers may not be exact, yeah, with either company, um, yeah, there's a just a trend. So, but then also, like, if you just get co- so caught up in it, looking at illustrations from so many different people, you're losing a lot of time and getting started and getting your capitalization phase going to where, yeah, I mean, it is not that important, but it is definitely something that needs to be discussed. Well, that and and I think part of that goes to understanding, you know, every single last aspect of the policy and. And sure, I want people to understand that, um, but realize that that's going to take time, and you may not understand absolutely everything about the policy before you get started. No, and the, yeah, you, if and you some under- people aren't comfortable with that, and if that's you know your personality, then that's fine. Don't get started. But mm-hmm. um, if that's not your personality, I'm just saying, don't let that be a limiting factor. You know, you're going to keep learning after you get the policy. Yeah, I mean, uh, most things you you don't know fully until you actually do them. So, and if you've listened to this podcast, um, however hundred some episodes that we have, I you're gonna have a pretty good understanding of 
what it is and how it works. I mean, as good as you need. So absolutely. But I kind of think that wraps up our discussion here on absolutes. Um, if you guys have any questions on this, or if you've heard some pretty wild absolutes, shoot us an email. We like to discuss things like that. So, um, I guess with that, we'll be back next week with a new podcast. Okay. Thanks for tuning in guys. This was the Cash Value Solutions Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Check us out at cashvaluesolutions.com. And don't forget to tune in next week.